0: Welcome to Bohemian Football. My name is Kamon Basota, and with me in the studio today I have Julio Vega. Hey, Kamonke, how are you, bro? Bro, I'm, I'm, a, I'm. I have no words. As you can see right now, <laughs> it's amazing. Man, the World Cup is fully on, underway, and everything has been all oh, just been stories it's been after it's stories. crazy. It's been super, super crazy. We had the Spanish sacking of their coach. We had the America, Canada, and Mexico bid. Oh, ex- the bid, right? Yeah, it's been accepted. What else? We had VAR. We had Ronaldo and we had Messi, so clearly things. You are- know,
1: day and night, um, you have screamers of goals. Like, there's just, there's so much to talk about, man. Like this World Cup has certainly lived up to all the standards that we expect out of a World Cup, and I'm, I'm happy. I love it. And it's just, what, how
0: many days are we in?
1: What is it? Um, started Thursday. Today's uh, Monday. Monday. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It, it's we're five days in, um, out of a full month, and
0: we're already just like ecstatic that this is finally here. I mean, we'll, we'll break it down for you guys the best way we know how to. And we're going to start with the first game. It was Russia, uh, Saudi Arabia. And that was on Thursday, the only game of the opening day. And I think it was it was surprising. I mean, I didn't expect uh, Russia to lose. But then again, still, they played to to very decent standard. And yeah, I think R- that set Russia, the tone. Yeah, Russia
1: was actually really solid, really good team there. Um Obviously, um, Saudi Arabia is not the strongest of sides, but just the way Russia played and the way they were organized was exceptional. They uh, they ran right at five nothing, and Russia defended well. They had their midfield was just so super compact, um, knew how to hold the ball, how to pass it forward, and um, you know Denis Cheryshev, wow. Yeah, that was a beautiful goal.
0: <laughs> and if we're gonna if we're gonna start naming names, I think Golovin also deserves oh, a shout. Oh, Golovin for it's sure. Two, was it two, two assists two, and a goal? Yeah, that free kick goal was yeah. in, was just great. Yeah, we talked about him in the first episode, and we're saying, oh, how he's going to be a, an important figure if Russia's to progress in this tournament. And I think he showed why he's being coveted by most of the big clubs in Europe right now. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so yeah, that's definitely. Um, I know some people said that there was a boring five nothing uh, game, which I can see why they would think that. But I mean, would you rather have a boring zero zero game or a boring five
0: 0 nothing game? Fair point. I mean, to be honest, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't enjoy the game in terms of its entertainment factor. But from a Russian point of view, as a fan, like from a, if I, if I was a fan of Russia, I could see why I'll be excited about it because it just shows that there's a possibility that we might actually do something. You know, their track record hasn't been great. Over the last year and a half, they haven't really won games. So, this was like their first win in a couple of games. And I think this is just going to help set the tone oh, yeah, for, for, sure. for progression in this group, especially since it's not going to be an easy group for them.
1: Right. I mean, they're in first place uh, the group so far. So, and, uh, you know, Egypt um, Egypt lost against Uruguay. It's, uh, you know, Russia, with that win, it puts them in a decent position to advance from the group and goal goal difference makes a big goal difference is huge it it can become like that so five with the five plus goal difference as of now this could potentially be you know what decides who goes through and who doesn't anyway uh the next other game in this group egypt uruguay uh
0: what were your talking points on that First of all, there was no Salah. That was obviously a, a an huge important om- omission. Because everyone, you know, before the game, prior to the game, he was like, oh, he was going to play. And he didn't make a feature at any point in time. So that was a talking point before the game started. And during the game, it was more, there wasn't like an assertive dominance by Uruguay. In it, my- it, I felt that game was like no one wanted to make, like neither
1: Egypt nor Uruguay wanted to make a mistake. Although Uruguay did have chances that... Uh, Edinson Cavani, and especially Luis Suarez, they, they should have scored. Um, I, felt, I think that both teams were a little bit – were pretty cautious until, of course, uh, Jose Jimenez scored what was the last-minute winner to put Uruguay up
0: 1-0 and win the game. I mean, there were several uh, talking points. First of all, the keeper who started for Egypt was El Shenawy. And that wasn't expected. I was expecting uh, the veteran goalkeeper El Hadari, to start. Oh yeah, I'm, so so that was that was that was definitely something, and he made excellent saves. Yeah. He was oh yeah, he was everywhere. I think he was the man of the match, the official man of the match. But I think he rejected the the mm. award due to uh, some religious. Uh,
1: hmm. Oh, for the Budweiser sponsorship. Yeah, I probably think, yeah. It makes sense. So, um, but yeah, I really hope uh, El Hadari uh, makes an appearance. You yeah, know, just forty-five-year-old goalkeeper. I mean. Buffon has a chance. <laughs> 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 no Buffon. Oh my god. That's a whole other talking point. Anyway, moving on. Um that next game,
0: uh in that in the be, be, sorry, before we go on not to cut you short. Uh what were really like in the Uruguay Egypt game, it was really stale in my opinion. So do you do you think this sets up Uruguay for progression or do you think this is just I mean, it didn't really show their strengths. I mean they had a few things going on for them. They had Ben the young Juventus player. is like 19. And he was mm-hmm. really marshalling the midfield position because I wasn't really sure about him coming into this tournament. He's not really played any major games for Juve. He's been out and about. I mean, he's a rising star. He's a yeah. rising star. Um, but he, he really ascertained himself. And then again, you could say it's against Egypt. So what do you really think is going to happen with this Uruguay squad? right? Well,
1: now? Uruguay, I mean... A 1 a nothing win is still a 1 nothing win. Uh, they have three points. So, I mean, three points is three points, no matter how you win them. I'm, I know some people would argue otherwise, but in the end, if you have those three points, you know, it puts you at an advantage. And what is it? I think, like, there's a stat that was going out at the beginning of the tournament. Um, like, 85% of the teams who win their very first game move on to the next round. So I think this puts Uruguay in a not necessarily like, you know, in the driver's seat, but in a comfortable position. It gives them some breathing room, Both. but they still need to. It, obviously, it's one game in. They still have to work toward qualifying to the next round, and these next two games will be important. And that's that's um, for every team that won their first game, or that lost the first game. So basically, this tournament is at least three games long for every team. And it's gonna come down to the wire for some teams other teams are gonna have little to no chance at all all right but you know let's, uh let's move on because there's some other games that we really want to talk about uh, next team was Morocco versus Iran what is it heart heart heartbreak for Morocco yeah, Iran. I, I felt bad for him and I, I'm, I, I, I wasn't too. a fan either you know I w- I did too that was just you know an own goal in the what was it 91st minute or something like that it was just oh man it was just
0: not uh for, Not a pretty size. I mean, it's just oof. Right, name, I think, his name is Buhados. Buhados, that's his name. And the whole for the whole game, I think Morocco were kind of in the driver's seat. They were the ones pressing more. Oh yeah. Iran was just trying to counter every time, you know. So I think it 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 was it will be gut wrenching for them because they throughout the game up until that point, I think Morocco was in the driver's seat. So oh, yeah, that that own goal is gonna probably cost them the tournament because yeah. right now I don't see them. Advancing beyond. Oh, uh, yeah, that that was definitely. Uh, it was in the ninety fifth minute, actually. Um,
1: just imagine that. Even later, uh, just that definitely put such a damper on their entire tournament. And it it could potentially is like you know the final nail. It was the first nail and final nail in their coffin. I mean, they have to go against up against a. Yeah, they're but, gonna play Portugal and Spain. Oh yeah, they're playing Portugal and Spain. But uh, Morocco, yeah, this is a very you know, they lost to Iran who were, I guess, the less least fancied side of this um group, and now they have to face off against uh, Portugal and Spain, and we just saw, well, we're gonna talk about that in just a second, what kind
0: of a teams what kind of teams that they are. Um So yeah, I'm I'm going straight for it. Ronaldo Ooh. Ronaldo, Ron- Cristiano Ronaldo. That was – That's uh, that's the whole summary of the Portugal-Spain game in my opinion. My uh, I, th- I think it's a little bit more
1: than that. I mean, yeah, for sure, uh, Ronaldo is a big talking point in that game. But what happened to Spain beforehand? What, did we talk about the Spain being uh, Spain coach being fired a day before? No, no, we
0: hadn't because we did the show before he was oh, fired. Oh, yeah, that was just yeah. – uh, so, yeah. Yeah, this is it, right? The
1: day – before the day before the World Cup and two days before this game was played, uh, Julian Lopetegui was fired from his Spain coaching duties because he was announced as the new Real Madrid coach behind Spain behind F. the F. Spanish's FA back. behind the Spanish's FA's back, <laughs> <laughs> a. back. Yeah. It's yeah, a tongue twister, man. Yeah, cool. <laughs> anyway, uh, they did it without letting the Spanish FA know, and of course, they the Spanish
0: FA. Does not want anything like that. Even if it's Real Madrid. Um, so, right. what do you think about it? Is it ethically? I get, I get the point, but f- psychologically for the team, for the players, for the country as a whole, do you think it kind of affected the game? Um, I think at the very beginning it did,
1: but then again as the game wore on. You can tell that Fernando Hierro, who is again a Spanish legend and probably very well respected by all the Spanish uh, players, he he didn't. I don't think he did anything necessarily wrong. Um, but you know, we still we've never seen him coach before, especially at this level. So yeah, we're still. He has only to,
0: like he's only coached like in the second division.
1: For yeah, Spain, so, so I don't know. It's but uh, you will we'll start seeing what kind of a coach he is uh, during this tournament. Um, so in regards to how it affected the game, I don't think it affected it too much because what you, um, what Fernando Giro is probably going to do is continue what Julian Lupetegui That is had, the only
0: sensible that, thing. That
1: is do. the only sensible thing because if he tried changing it up, like, okay, I want to do this, this is different, this is different, maybe he might add a little, like, hint of salt of his own style, but it would be detrimental to the team if he tried to change anything massive. I mean, what was Julian Lupetegui, was he was with the team with, what like, what? Um... Two years-ish? Uh, yeah, about that. Yeah, since Del Bosque. Because Del Bosque was out at the, after the Euros, right? Yeah. So since then, uh, Lopetegui's been in charge of Spain. Now, Fernando Yero at literally the final second of before the tournament starts, it's, he, ri- it, it's ridiculous. It's it, ridiculous. It, it, See, it's so
0: <laughs> I am Nigerian, and this is such a Nigerian thing to do. <laughs> Like, hey, <laughs> fire your coach before the walk-up So like, Oh, tomorrow's the walk-up. Yeah, let's just fire the coach and just put another Oof. person in charge. That is that is amazing, though. And okay. and props to the Spanish players because they, I guess they had to, this is a professional player, so they've seen things happen over and over again. But okay. still, for these kind of players, I think there's still a psychological barrier there, there, to, there to is, overcome. There's bound to be some, some yeah. sort of psychological uh, uh
1: There's bound to be some sort of psychological defect or, like, repercussions because, yeah, it does affect you. If your coach gets fired the day before the tournament, it's going to be like, what? Yeah. So, uh,
0: but anyway, let's talk about the match. Boom. All right. I'm going in. Ronaldo again. All right. This is it. Spain is a, is a country that's known for their tactical play, you know, tiki-taka, yeah. Oh, the, patient build-up. Did
1: you see how they were playing? They were just touching the ball all around.
0: And, you know, it worked for several periods at a time. But, yeah, this is what worked for, first of all, for Portugal. And this is the same thing that worked for Mexico against Germany. And what, we'll talk what, about that in just a second. Yeah, what What happened is they knew they had to start the game off right and that's how Portugal started the game. As soon as the kickoff, as soon as the whistle what was for it, kickoff, yeah, three minutes in, bro, uh, Ronaldo went to the penalty. They just were going straight for attack. They were going full, full attack. You know, some teams like to build up. Spain wants to take its time, build up before the attack. Portugal went straight for the attack. Oh, they, for sure. they left the middle. You know, there was like you know, sometimes there is a middle ground. They just overpassed the middle ground and went straight to attack. And I think that's what kind of helped them because of that momentum that they were going in with. And Ronaldo was just Ronaldo. You oh know? yeah. No, coming into this tournament and throughout the year a lot of people have been having debates about his value in world football today if his it, it, it's it's still as strong as ever. It's, it's still it's as strong as and and he just proved a point, you know? He is still as strong as <laughs> ever.
1: And what was interesting too, I don't know if you knew th- uh did you hear about that he that same day the tax evasion, yeah, the tax evasion <laughs> yeah. thing he had to he was like given a two year suspended prison sentence and he had to pay like eighteen million euros in fines or whatever. And then he goes that. So I don't he know, was like I don't Here know are what your
0: what... fines. Here's your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, I'm the best player in the world right now. <laughs> I think I think it was everything was ill timed. Like the Spanish government should know better than to give Ronaldo a fine. Like, I mean if we if he if he did tax evasion, you know, they're I gonna mean, give it yeah, a, I, yeah. I obviously gonna happen. But I'm you. saying everything was just not real time. You know, it, this is pain that gave that he just agreed to pay over 16 million. Dollars to the spanish government and he's playing spain coincidentally the same day obviously he's going to have a law on his mind and yeah, i guess he that just that said is, all right you know i'm going to just screw all of you guys and score three yeah. goals you know <laughs> but yeah that was an amazing performance by him absolutely for sure and and um, i think as soon as the, he scored the first goal spain kind of had to settle down and oh play yeah they were settled they had to settle and uh
1: yeah it, it was a very um after that after that first uh, Cristiano goal, Spain had to adjust what they were doing, and they were able to get a goal back. Um, who scored the first goal? Oh, Diego Costa yeah. off of the um, what was kind of a controversial, like you know, right, elbow is, sort of thing. This is me. It's a foul. I, I would have called it a foul, but it's I can, a foul. I, I can, I, I can see why the ref didn't call it a foul. I, I probably would have called it a foul. It's a foul. It's, a, it's uh, you know.
0: This is this at times where everything is being scrutinized It's, it's your it's your
1: typical David. If it's your yeah. It's your typical David Costa type of play.
0: Yeah, but that's, this, a, that's the type of player he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, no, he is an aggressive player. We give Very I aggressive. understand that, but this is why I'm I'm saying it's, it's a foul. Right now the, the walk up is heavily scrutinized because we have the VAR and we have the replay. So everything is everything in real time has to be broken down. And now Diego Costa I elbows mean, they look, they elbows at a defend no he elbows a defender before before it, yeah. he scored. So that make that that brings the question to how obviously there's gonna be controversy, but what one and doesn't an elbow count as a foul? Like, um, that was a I, I swing think the of refere- an elbow. I, I, that was it. Was a pretty, I guess, you know, rash
1: use of the elbow. Um, I think the referee determined that it wasn't. You know, it was kind of because they both, cause both him and Pepe jumped to gun f- the ball, and Diego Costa won it. Uh, Pepe, uh, it hits him like in the lower neck area, and then he goes down clutching his face. And I think that's, I think that's why they were like, you know. He tried to sell the injury or sell the foul, which the referee didn't buy. Because again, it's not. It's fouls aren't just as contact, uh, which you know it. it can, contact does matter, but fouls in soccer and football, uh, it it's um, the referee has to make a lot of decisions based off of the contact, the, the what's going on, who the players are, and first and one of the most important things that people don't realize is the player intention was Dio costa's intention to elbow to knock down Pepe that's unclear
0: it is clear to it, me i, that I, was I, the I think
1: it's, i think it's unclear whether to see it, he used it if he uses did it he, to, did, did
0: he gain an advantage
1: yes um, or no I mean yeah he gained an advantage but Boom, that, that, but that, he, that doesn't did necessarily it. make it you know that he intentionally meant to do that look what I'm saying is that i think pepe uh Ruined himself by trying to sell the foul in a very blatantly obvious way. Uh, I I mean, but in the end, I I, maybe it doesn't, but that's what happened. Um, And 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 then I don't know. Okay, we'll talk about this in a bit, little bit. But uh, what was the? I think it was the.
0: What what do you What do you think about the first goal, Ronaldo's goal? Because it was also a penalty, and that was a VAR decision. So uh, yeah,
1: no. Um, my first reaction was I thought it was a soft penalty, but after looking at some replays uh the day after, which I didn't get a chance to watch some highlights or replays during the game or after the game. Um, Ronaldo drew that foul. I mean, Nacho was was it Nacho? Yeah, it was Nacho right. Yeah. Um he kinda steps in kind of bad uh kind of like, you know, uh, carelessly, but he tries to avoid it but by that time it's a little bit too late and yeah. ronaldo i guess i don't want to say smartly because i don't necessarily agree with yeah, players he... trying to like draw fouls but ronaldo makes contact and and you know nacho is like there so it's kind of like an obstruction type you know running All into right. a player sort of
0: thing but it's a foul it's a penalty All right, For for those of you who don't know julio julio is some is a football purist so he believes he believes that I, I'm, a, I'm, a take I'm, a, I'm a progressive purist.
1: I'm a progressive purist. Hear me out. I'm a progressive purist because I think that uh, things like VAR, things like technology, things can be used for a very certain amount of good. Uh, and, you know, things like diving, things like all that stuff. I, but he didn't I, dive. Uh, no, it, it was. Uh, he, saw, he, saw yeah, the, he, he saw the saw that He saw the opportunity. Layer, yeah, he saw he the trailer like, He took advantage of it. And that's so and that's the what, purist that's inside like. me is mad at that. But the rational inside me says, I understand why he did that. So at which you know Ronaldo he's he's a player who will do whatever it takes to try to
0: you know score a goal or to bring his team forward, which that's what he did. All right, fun um, fact though, uh, you know during the game because we and we and Julio we had a we had a dialogue online on Twitter. By the way, my Twitter is at Obaseotta O B A S E O T T A. Julio, what's your Twitter? Just
1: uh, you? Julio Vega Sport, just how it sounds. J-U-L-A-O-V-E-G-A
0: Sport. All right, that's beautiful. So we had a dialogue right after the penalty was awarded. And Julio was like, was adamant that it wasn't a foul. And obviously, before the we started this episode, he apologized because he saw the replays. I mean, yeah, it's, it's so, like I said, so he, that was you, the purest inside me talking. So you were propagating uh, fake news at the time then? Cause you know that's all you that's all it was. Cause you it's really. Not big, you, it's if, not It's if, if you don't see the replay, an opinion isn't news. If you not see <laughs> an opinion isn't news. Hey, hey.
1: <laughs> an opinion is if you is don't commentary. If an you opinion don't see, is
0: is just you know is an opinion. It's not news. My point is you didn't do the research. You didn't see the replay before you had. You that's just, not my fault. I didn't have a chance to. I, but I did before. I'm before I could say anything about it being a penalty, you know, I had to see a replay. So don't be well, like. Okay, basically, well, my point okay. is don't be like. Who you make see the replay <laughs> first of all? Yeah, before okay, you yeah. make an assumption. <laughs> Anyway, uh,
1: <laughs> moving forward um, with that game, so Cristiano Ronaldo penalty and the, what was at the third or fourth minute, uh, and then a Diego, Diego Costa, Costa co- kind of controversial, but um, uh, beautiful goal. Though. It was like it was a great build-up. Like he held the ball, and he's just like a very strong and uh, powerful forward. So he scores. It was a good goal, like, apart from that elbow, which you know there's a debate about. And then uh, the De Gea
0: air. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> I mean, the world's best keeper, a potential Real Madrid goalkeeper. No, sir. Nope. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, that was.
1: Did you I see De Gea? I, did you see De Gea versus uh, Serbia? Uh, not De Gea. What the heck am I saying? Uh, Keilor Navas uh, in the Costa Rica game. He yeah. was actually pretty solid. Yeah, he He's was. He's so underrated. Keilor Navas is but now, so underrated. But, now, let's,
0: but what do you think now with Huland going to Real Madrid as a new coach? I think he could potentially tap up De Gea as his, his number one goalie. Doesn't it make sense? Wait, who now? Uh, who, who, Houlin, uh, Lep- oh, Julian Lopategui. Yeah. i like, yeah, okay.
1: Um, potentially, it's a possibility. I think that De, uh, De Gea is, uh, again, is a world-class keeper, and mistakes like that happen. Uh, we saw – I've seen uh, Hugo Yoris make mistakes like that. You've seen Manuel Norris make mistakes like that. I've seen Gigi Buffon, Killer Navas, Tishtagian makes, makes mistakes. It, it happens. World-class goalkeepers can make mistakes. It's uh, – it's a sad reality, it sucks. As a goalkeeper myself, I feel for them. So but I don't think it it's just De Gea's he saved his teams, whether that be Man United or Spain, so many times beforehand. You know, his the number of saves and the magnitude of those saves far outweigh this mistake that he makes. Besides, it was a Ronaldo shot that wasn't do you remember back in 2010, the Clinton Dempsey uh, – it was England versus USA. Clinton Dempsey scores because he rolls the ball toward Rob Green, and then Rob Green just fluffs his shot, and, like, it just rolls past him. Yeah, right think yeah. I It reminded me of that, but this was a Cristiano Ronaldo – it was a pretty powerful shot. Not, not too powerful that, you know, he – he sh- he, he, my he point is, he, he should be making yeah, that save. Yeah, he should. That, that's something that De Gea definitely could deal with, yeah. and he didn't deal with it properly, and they scored. Yeah. So, um, that's that's how the first half ended. You know, we're only one half in of this crazy game, and we already talked about like for what for <laughs>
0: like ten minutes of in it. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, how interesting the game was. That then. was it. Was a and, it was a fantastic. And obviously, game. after that, in the second half, Diego Costa responded uh, to Ronaldo's goal. So at that point, it was like a, a Costa versus Ronaldo situation going yeah. on. And And then after, ooh, goal of the tournament! Goal
1: of the tournament! I don't know, maybe. I I, I'm putting my money. So far, so far, Nacho's half volley that hits the post. Hits is it hit both posts? I don't know. No, I think hit. Maybe
0: he did. I know he hit just one. He hit that
1: Nacho half
0: volley. He hits it so So sublime. That
1: is. And a classic that will go down all right as,
0: anyone who is listening right now and hasn't seen the goal please go online just, go watch chat, it just now. type yeah. "Nacho versus portugal that, that was an amazing goal Pause this was, podcast go watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> and that was from that was from a fullback a right back at that so yeah that's that's fantastic amazing right. like he he wait that was a weighted wait. the ball dropped perfectly for him everything the connection everything was just incredible the technique, I think that's the Zidane effect. That's I'll, I'll give it to Zidane. I'll give props to Zidane for that goal because I've seen some sort of the training clips of them taking, sh- doing the shooting practices and everything. Right. And I just want to believe it's, it's some sort of Zidane voodoo because that's a, a, a Zidane <laughs> kind of goal. Also, if you think about it.
1: Uh yeah, I guess I can see it. But anyway,
0: that's uh
1: my opinion. I think that's the goal of the tournament so far. Yeah. You know, it's barely we're only five days in. So. Right. But we've seen a lot of bangers. Well, we've, we've still have seen a few bangers. Chirishev, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's free Mertens kick goal. today. Mertens today. We'll talk about that in Nasty. just a second. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's
0: free kick goal, what was
1: it in the 80th, 89th minute? Well, it, I, was, it was a last minute thing. Allow
0: bro. me to narrate this one. So we the game is 3-2. It's the 87th minute. It, it was the 88th minute. Yeah, I mean, the goal was 88. But around that time, and Ronaldo, and there was a foul. Uh, just outside the box. And I remember I was watching the game. You don't give Ronaldo a foul right there. You don't give him that chance. Yeah,
1: Like, who was it? I think it was Piquet who fouled Ronaldo. I mean, his comments afterward that Ronaldo goes down easily. Uh, Maybe he has a history of it, but you don't, you don't, you don't don't fail. You do not foul the world's best player at the moment in that area. No, you don't. And Ronaldo just has uh, veins of ice. He is so calm, so composed, and he hits that ball so sweetly. Um, Probably it's. As of now, it might be the best free kick goal of the tournament. Although there are some arguments for a few others, Cholero, uh, Colorado Ah, uh, Colorado It was you know, the, it, it's it's all subjective. But anyway, you don't give Ronaldo the chance that in that stage at that
0: moment because he will kill you off with it. But what makes everything a bit more special is that it's against Spain. It isn't against oh, yes. a, oh, a, a big B-class a country. Other, it, it's Spain that's he's playing against. He's playing against the best, one of the best defences in the world. He's playing against one of the best, probably the best goalkeepers in the world right now. And the, he took it so well. And I think that just kind of summed up the whole game for me. I think it was a Ronaldo versus Spain game. Spain, they play beautifully with the midfield. You know how they usually do everything was gelling. We had Esco with flashes of brilliance. But I think everything for Portugal was just captured in Ronaldo's brilliance. And that begs the question, do you think Portugal can advance without a Ronaldo in this team? Ooh, probably not. Yeah, I uh, don't, I, think, I so don't think so either.
1: I mean, because uh, they do have good players in there. Bernardo Silva, uh, uh, Pepe is a decent defender. Rui Costa is an absolute magnificent goalkeeper. That's a thing. I think it's a little underrated. Probably because he pays, plays at uh, Sporting... This uh, one. Yeah, so... Um, but I don't think it's just Ronaldo adds such a dynamic and
0: attacking range. yeah, just it's it's such a unbalancing thing. Cause tactically during the game, I was trying to see. I was I was trying. To, they played a four two three one. I was trying to figure out how this team will function without Ronaldo in the side. And, and, I, don't see and it. I don't see it. I don't see it. First of all, in midfield, everything was congested. So Spain, they were winning all the midfield battles. The only person that was able to break up Spain's midfield was William. William Cavallo, yeah. so he was the only one breaking up the passes. But most times, as soon as he got the ball in midfield, he, a barrage of sp- Spanish midfielders will surround him. And he's not the best, like, close-control technical midfielder. So that kind of that kind of puts him in a predicament. But to be fair, throughout the game, he was delivering and spreading out the ball as best as he could. Mm-hmm. But what Spain, what Portugal, really did they, they relied on the wider areas to to attack because that gave them more space. Because Spain was more congested in the midfield and the wider areas, they left a lot of space for the for the Portuguese attackers to to bomb forward. So I think with that uh, Ronaldo on the side, it's going to be a really tricky situation for them. But so far so good. We've had the first hat trick in the World Cup and it was the magic man ronaldo <laughs> so that was a great game it was a fantastic game will go down me, as a classic and for me i think this puts portugal in a better situation than spain cuz i didn't expect spain uh, portugal to win the game going in and i think for me portugal is the winner in this game if if you want to look at it that way? If if you you can to a certain extent because Spain has, you know, has a team to
1: go far. They are one of the favorites to win this. And yet here they are, second and third place, tied for second, Iran's in first place in the group. So um, I do expect Portugal and Spain to go through, but it will be uh, it will be, you know, between probably goal difference will make up the difference to see who exactly. goes first who goes second. And I'll uh, just
0: say this before we move on to the next group. Ronaldo in this kind of form, I see him scoring several more goals in the group stage before it ends.
1: Right. Okay. Um. talk took a lot of time about that. Uh. France Australia, France won two to one. Uh. There was a couple of talking points there. Specifically, France seemed to underwhelm, and
0: then probably even more importantly, VAR. VAR. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was that was a major talking point, especially with the the winning goal. Um. But I think. This French team, and this is the same thing I said prior to in the last episode prior to this one. The French team is not convincing in the sense they don't really have a natural leader. I mean, who would you classify as a leader in that team? Uh, just, just name off your head, off the top of your head. I
1: mean, the first one that comes to mind is Hugo Geriz, but he's exactly. the captain. Exactly, but, but that, uh, that doesn't really. That, that, but he, you know, talking about a commanding field player presence. Um, the only one that's like I guess commanding in his own sense, but he's individualist is Mbappe. But he's still so young. Oh, he's, he's still he's still so dynamic. But he still has a lot a lot to learn. I, I don't I don't I don't even see what you mean by Mbappe. I mean I mean he's just so unbalanced he's he's uh, you um, know he showed it over the past two seasons. He's shown that he is a potential world beater. He will become probably
0: you know uh he has a leadership qualities i agree he, he, with you yeah uh but he again he's only 19 years old exactly he and can't he can't lead this team on his own and that makes my point like going there is, there into is, a tournament like this i mean you, you yes you have the talent yes you have the walkless players yes you guys can pass a ball but at some point you need someone that could spur right. the team and then say oh, all yeah, right let's go boys let's move because and, and Cause, that's what they were lacking throughout yeah. the match
1: because it's not pogba i mean pogba he can be good but it's not pogba um and the fulcrum of that midfield is in Golo Kanté Kanté. So he's uh, a silent leader. He does his oh, job Oh yeah, highly, he does you know? his job, yeah, but I don't I mean he's not that uh, you know outspoken leader that will the team will get behind and he'll carry them. I mean, no, that's not the type of player he is. So it's uh you know yeah, I had I had Sprints as potentially winning this whole thing, but given how they're playing right now, um I don't see it happening. I mean, it's just again, we're one game in, but Every game is important. Yeah. So, uh, w- then again a lot of the big teams are kind of falling short a little bit Uh, because you can argue that Spain fell
0: short they should have won that game they fell really short Uh, Portugal
1: kind of you know they played up to Spain's level
0: they exited my expectations Portugal so yeah so um, a lot of big teams kind of like didn't quite show up and we'll talk about them in just a few minutes Uh, so in the France game I think one of the major points like you said was the VAR like basically technology was the main thing in the game Mm -hmm. because two goals were awarded thanks to VAR and one goal was I mean it wasn't decided but the goal line technology came into play oh yeah so i think that was close did you see how close that ball was yeah
1: that that ball was literally like maybe a centimeter or maybe even less like into the goal and i think if it was just a blind eye the ref wouldn't have given that yeah Uh, and yeah so that that just shows that
0: technology can be used for good um in case you guys don't know what we're talking about the the france goal the 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 winner the second one No, i'm not even talking about that the earlier goal that Griezmann's call was awarded thanks to VAR. He was fouled in the box. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. I think it was called rightly. Yeah, that was. A, that was. A, that was a good call. And I think. The VR decision was a was a good decision also, and the Australian goal also the one that
1: oh um, t- um, t- why would you, why wouldn't Titi even um, like, t- t is, that is,
0: you should be experienced at this point I, in d- time. I mean,
1: <laughs> okay, it, it it was like it was a very childish thing to do because I don't know if, if you do you play indoor, you play soccer. Like I play indoor, yeah, yeah. I play. You know, sometimes like people will, like uh, someone will send the ball and you kind of like are pressuring, quote unquote, like you know not really, and to kind of like do that, you kind of like lift your arm up toward the ball a little yeah. bit. Uh, that's kind of what I felt. <laughs> and like you did that, you gave I, up a handball, and now Australia are level. So yeah,
0: they need that to. Was, that was just so. It was so stupid. Yeah, it did, was really. I um, mean, that that did. So the little things that France they need to pick on and fix before mm-hmm. the, the second game because the first game wasn't wasn't the best sh- convincing no, show in my opinion.
1: Okay, moving on. Um, Another really uh, interesting game, Argentina-Iceland, one-to-one. Argentina, I, you could argue that Argentina underwhelmed, but i just It's more, not I, an argument. It, it was they, they played badly. Uh, I think that they played badly because Iceland played well, and Iceland were just crowding and not letting Argentina's midfield...
0: Do what they had to do. What? I think Iceland played the perfect game in regards to who their opponent was. What did I tell you though? You said I mean I mean then again we have this is just the first game so we, we, we will know till the last game. But when when we were talking I said my my prediction is Argentina to go through and Iceland probably will go in second, and Iceland just basically proved pro, they have proven why I think. They they have the they have they have a, they have a the, chance the yeah. capacity to go they do have above and beyond they do have that chance because they this is what I was saying they defend as a unit like literally are, anytime they're Messi s- they're so compact Messi I mean, holds the ball and you you have three players surrounding him and at any given point in time they all they all move together so if they move left all the Icelandic players are going left if yeah, they move like, right and that was what helped them I think yeah
1: you see pictures like you see like pictures that show that Messi and like three or four defenders but they're kind of like in between. Him and the goal. In this case, um, the Icelandic defenders, they just hounded him. Like, he was like a. It seemed like I'm going to go a little bit Ray Hudson here, but it seemed like that Messi was the honey bear and the Icelandic players were the bees defending their hive. Yeah. I mean, it was just. They did not give him an inch of space. Yeah. And there were a few chances that Messi did have. um, And we'll talk about the missed penalty in just a second, but. They, they defended
0: him really, really well. Um, and I probably want to just give a shout out. <laughs> I say shout out, whatever. I'm just gonna give a shout out to number two for the Icelandic uh, defense. That's uh, B. Severson. He was immense. All he was the sons. Make, he was yeah, all, all, the sons. Sons. <laughs> all the sons, all the sons. Yeah, probably just give all the sons a <laughs> just shout give out. All the sons, all the entire Icelandic team, and of course, their Viking clap. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was amazing, man. Yeah. That was that was a solid display, and I think. They probably have like a 99, 99% chance of being in Nigeria in the next game. And I think that will probably seal their That's, uh. Their that will be an interesting
1: game because it's Nigeria and uh, Croatia could not be more different. Iceland is like very, you know, defensive mind. But they have like a defensive mind. But defensive, I th- I think, play with
0: the plan. Yeah, but I think if, they, if they're if they going to play Nigeria, they're going to have more confidence going out and attack. Maybe. Because the, the Nigerian defense is really vulnerable, so I think that's going to really help them. But okay. before we go into that, let's just talk about the Lionel Messi miss. Oof. So if you guys didn't know, Lionel Messi had a penalty awarded. A penalty was awarded to Argentina, and obviously Lionel Messi was the only one going to stand up for the penalty, and he did. And... That was probably the worst penalty I've seen in this penalty. tournament just, so uh, far.
1: You know, credit, that was horrible. Yeah, cr- yeah. Uh, credit to the keeper for, you know, setting his ground and saving it because sometimes they just dive the wrong way, but credit to he's a part-time film director iceland's goalkeeper is a part-time film director
0: i want to watch one of his movies <laughs> I, I saw the movie he did he did a, a like a prelude like um really yeah for, like for the tournament he did a video a hype video and it was nice. it was really we had some cinematic moments and everything cool. so it was a really good video all right but then I but Messi, right this is it Oof. when you're taking a penalty this is usually yeah. what goes through players minds there are literally two things you could do you could go for power or you could go for placement. And Messi did neither of yeah, those two it, Yeah,
1: it, it was a really bad penalty. You, you have to do better. Um, you know, it's just... And of course, there's going to be the comparisons of, you know, Ronaldo scored a hat-trick. Of course. And, you know, Messi missed a penalty. And its it, 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 its annoying, but it, it happens. I just—I love watching on top of their game. These players are phenomenal to watch. Yeah. when Messi's on top of his game, he's phenomenal to watch. Same thing with Ronaldo. We saw that. But the reality is—but the reality is, yeah. Is that
0: as long as Messi and Ronaldo are still playing professional football, there's going to be comparisons. It's good. These comparisons are going to remain till at least they retire. Maybe it goes on beyond then, but at least till they retire. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe I—I'm I, I, not—I'm no Messi. I haven't spoken to Messi, but I want to believe that psychologically. That was kind of playing in his mind, seeing what Ronaldo did uh, just like two days before Right. or it's, a day before. So I think that kind of affected Messi psychologically because whether he wants to make it or not, he has a competition going on with Ronaldo. And Ronaldo scoring a hat-trick in the first game is going to make Messi want to sit up and, you know, play to his best of abil- to the best of his ability. But I think that was just a god-awful penalty that yeah. day.
1: Uh, credit to Sergio Aguero for scoring a very Man City goal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, exactly, that, right? It was a Man. It was I, like I, you I, know, t- I receives, told my brother the same thing. He receives the ball back to goal, takes like a half touch or it was I think it was like two touches or whatever. No, just, just a turn. Just a just a turn, and then finishes a top corner. Smacks um, I, it. It's that leg. I almost thought that. Uh, I mean, they were in black, but I almost thought. Wait, does he have a Man City shirt underneath that? Cause it, was, it was such a
0: Man City type goal. I just, you know, credit to Aguero, uh, phenomenal player. It's his first ever World Cup goal. Yeah, I think that sums up the goal. I, I mean, I couldn't say I've said it any better because I was thinking about the right superlatives to use, and that is probably, it, you know, the <laughs> turn. Then, that's a, like a, yeah. a really Man City Aguero turn, if, if I'm being yeah, honest. Yeah,
1: I've seen it so many times. And what do you make
0: of the selection? No, oh, the ball didn't feature in this game at any point in time. Um, Higuain came on sometime in the match, but like, do you. Re- I mean, Aguero probably has shown that he should be starting, giving I, the I, goal. I think, yeah, uh, Aguero what, should be starting. What uh, do
1: you think? It's just, it's interesting how. You would put Messi and de Ball on the same on the same team at the same time because they are they're pretty similar. I kind of want to say like I know some teams they play like a front three where you have a number nine and then you have two number tens, um, but that can be crowded crowded sometimes. So, I, but I think for this team, it's just Argentina have a lot of flaws and they're not quite sure how to do it. I think I would what I would do is, um, who is that young uh, Argentinian winger that played? Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I I, I think a decent way of uh putting uh, Argentina would be a front four, kinda like a four one, four, one in a sense. In a like up in a number nine position, you'd have um Kunaguero, and two number ten, you'd have Messi Debala. Um on the left hand side you'd have Di Maria, and then you have Meza, that, that's who it was. Uh Meza on the right side. Um so I think that could work, that may not work, you know. What do I know? Um, you'd have Mascherano. They had Mascherano and Biglia in midfield for Argentina. So, um, yeah, I this, see this, this, what this, you're yeah. There's a lot. There's a, lot, there's a there's so many things that I would do differently. But then again, I'm not there. Coaches have their own way. But let's move on. Uh, well, actually, before we do that, Iceland, good goal. Um, they deserve that draw. It was you know a very Icelandic
0: type Vic- game. Yeah, I, I said it was a victory. It's yeah. a victory for the ice for the it, for, it for the whole and, of know, for,
1: for like in a moral sen- moral sense, yeah, it's a victory. But, you know they because Iceland they've held off. Argentina they've held off Portugal 2 years ago they've beaten England so like they are a force to be reckoned with in a sense that they are a extremely difficult team to play against
0: and i, I think that's probably what's going to set them apart in this group i think so too and and um, the we'll next s- we'll game we'll
1: see what happens it's 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 still a lot to determine because Argentina Iceland 1 point Croatia has 3 um Nigeria
0: has 0 Nigeria has 0 and, so and that brings me to the next game yeah. Croatia Nigeria i it was um this is it, right? I'm Nigerian, so I probably know more about the team. It was Croatia versus Nigeria and from the starting sheet, I could probably tell Nigeria wasn't going was wasn't going to go anywhere with this team. So right now, the starting 11 had Shehu as the right back, Shehu Abdullah. and that was the first mistake that uh, Gennett Rab, which is the coach of Nigeria made. Shehu, given the last three friendlies we've played before this tournament, has shown that he's Incapable of maintaining his position as a right back, he's a good one-on-one defender, but most of the time his position is left open, so th- they're bound to exploit that left side, left-hand side of the attack, and that's what exactly what happened in the game. Ibui is is a more, he's not really played much for Nigeria, but every time he's played for Nigeria, he's shown that he's quick, he can attack, he can defend. In the Argentina game that Nigeria won four-two in the friendly. He was immense once he came on the field. He was just taking Di Maria for filth in terms of pace. Like Di Maria couldn't get past him at any point in time during the game. In the game that he played against England, the same thing. As soon as he came on, the, suddenly the right-hand side for Nigeria was uh, was just solid. They couldn't get past that that side of uh, of the of the game, of the field. And that's the, that's the mistake I think the coach made by sticking with Shehu. I think he's just trying to be loyal to Shehu, but that doesn't help the team in any shape or form. So his, first of all, his position was too open. So all we had was Perisic and Modric and everyone was just going through the right hand uh through the left hand side of the field for the Croatian attack. So they were just bombing that side. And most times Shehu was caught because he wasn't in his position. So what happened is the the ringer that that's supposed to play up forward was striking back to cover for Shehu and that left Nigeria exposed. So anytime we'll get the ball and we'll try to advance beyond the midfield, you find out that there's no one in attack because Victor Moses, who is supposed to be the right winger, is covering a right back for she who should be doing his job the second mistake in the game was michelo b michelo b is obviously a fantastic midfielder he's a veteran he's played for nigeria for several years but that position for him doesn't work when you have someone like audio nigalo who is the lone striker what you need is a 10 that is going to be able to connect with the, the striker. and michelo b was most times in the midfield so all we had was no there was no there was no connection between the number nine which is audio nigalo and the and and the midfield and I think going forward, if Nigeria wants to have any hopes or any hope of advancing or even getting a win, they need to switch everything up. So they probably need to put Mikel Obi in in midfield as a number six and find a number ten, probably Victor, uh, Alexi Wobi, and then they put Ahmed Musa on the left wing because that's the only way they're gonna get past the Icelandic team. Because the Icelandic team, obviously, they are proven that they're a strong nation, and I, I don't think I don't see Nigeria really doing anything. Do you, Do you think that uh, Klitschko and should have started? I think, see, I could, I could understand why he didn't start. But the point is, if you're not going to start yeah, Kelechi Inacho and, and you're going to start Igalo ahead of him, you need to have a 10 that could connect to him. And there was no 10 that could connect to him. And that 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 presents another option for the Nigerian attack. So Kelechi Inacho has proven that it's capable of playing as a number 10. So if they could put him in, as a num- in the number 10 position for the next game, then that would make more sense than putting Mikel Obi as a number 10 and not having any connection to the striker whatsoever. So I think they lost the game from the starting sheet. Croatia, for me, they, weren- they didn't blow Nigeria out of the water. They, they they won two yeah. zero. yes. it was it was a solid win, but it wasn't it wasn't convincing because the first goal was an on goal. Yeah, it wasn't on goal. The second goal was a was a stupid penalty that was that was given to the Croatian side. Like the defender literally hugged the Croatian player, and took him down. That that So I'm saying in my that was just like I don't want to say it's luck, but it was just it was it they, was it was sloppy by Nigeria. It was just a sloppy defensive uh, showing by Nigeria, and I think the whole thing the game was lost tactically more than anything. So if Nigeria has any hopes of going forward, they need to to change the tactics up and maybe they will be able to move forward. The Croatian team, I'll give them the props. They played well and they they capitalized on our tactical errors and they, they punished us. But the next game is going to be against Argentina. Given the first game Argentina has played, I don't know if they are going to be in the best mindset to win Croatia. So I think if Croatia could sneak a draw against Argentina, then I see Croatia advancing past this group.
1: Yeah, um, fair assessment. Yeah. Um, moving on. I guess the other game that happened that day uh was denmark versus peru i think a lot of people weren't expecting this to be a good touch a good game <laughs> but it was a fantastic it was
0: game. bro who, I, I loved it it who, was whoever the, whoever they hired to be the commentators for the fox game for the for sport for fox sports news. oh the, the
1: <laughs> oh the the annoying the, the annoying one that says
0: Mami No, those guys are hilarious because apparently one is the older guy and there's it's like a it's um, like a it's a mix of yeah. old and youth and everything. It was it's, just, it's
1: the one with the like really really heavy Hispanic accent. Yeah, uh, that's that's, uh, that's Mexican commentator, Jorge Perez Navarro. Which like, he was in funny. Spanish he's actually a pretty fun commentator to listen to, but in English it's just cringeworthy. It, I don't like it. It like is. It.
0: it is horrible. It's awful. But that made it really more. I just like took the excitement levels up a bit for me.
1: Watch it in Spanish. I mean, on uh, here you can watch it. Uh, you know, on on Telemundo. you yeah. uh, watch it in Spanish, you won't understand a whole lot. But it, it does add a different dynamic to it. And it's more enjoyable, I think. But anyway, Peru were so close. I think they deserved probably a win. They at least deserved a draw. At they at least. least deserved a draw. It didn't happen that way. Denmark came away with a one nothing win after... Um, after yurari uh, scores, what was a pretty a pretty good finish? Um, after he was laid off by, you know Christian what's Erickson.
0: weird? I know him as Paulson, so I don't know why I don't know why the sudden name change for his country Because for RB Leipzig, he plays as Paulson. So I, I mean, maybe it's just a, a tribute to something, or he just felt like he wanted to have a name change for all of a sudden. Similar to what Chicharito did back in the day when he switched between yeah, Chari yeah, and Hernandez.
1: Yeah, Miranda. Yusuf Urradi Paulson. I mean, I mean, maybe it's a. Maybe it's a name thing. Like, I know some players, like, you know, in Mexico, it's almost always, like, you know, first initial, last name in terms of stuff like that. But there was a couple players who are known as just the first name, like Raul Marco. But I'll get to that later. But, um, oh, yeah, Denmark um, played a very, I guess, solid game and Peru they had a lots of chances going forward and they just couldn't finish um and that's on that's on them and
0: my question that, is like why didn't uh, uh Guerrero start the wh- game um
1: probably because they wanted to, i think they wanted to see like how i think it was a mindset sort of thing i think that as soon as he I, came in everything it, oh, changed yeah, it did the change. whole dynamics I, I changed I think that they did that in a sense to, you know, add something dynamic because they know he's a game changer. And if the game needed to be changed, he comes off the bench and he could do that. And he almost scored. He was inches away from back from scoring a back heel goal in the World Cup. I that don't think I've that, ever seen a back heel goal in nah,
0: the World No, that would have been it. That would've been insane. Um Yeah, but like wave of wave after wave of attack. Yeah. Denmark uh, just I don't know how they did it. They just managed to Kasper Schmeichel was exceptional made, in goal. He made amazing saves. He
1: was he, yeah, Kasper Schmeichel is probably at this point in time the best goalkeeper. In the tournament so far, um, because of the amount of saves and the quality of the saves that he's made. So, you know, Casper Schmeichel, um, son of the great Dane Peter Schmeichel. Anyway, uh, I think. It was just, it was an entertaining game. You know, you probably didn't expect this out of ah. Peru and Denmark to mid-tier, like, not top sides, either Latin America or Europe. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed
0: the I, game. I'll rate it as one of the top three games of the tournament so, so far, far. maybe. Yeah, I think so. Probably even top two because it was a really enthralling game. I just, everything, you know when the, you know when the game is so fluid that there's almost no midfield, mm-hmm. it's just wave of attack, like, back and forth? Uh, that's, yeah. what, that's what the game was <laughs> to me. That, kind of like a ping pong or tennis match. Exactly. That's, that's more, that's the best. Analogy, I think, from for the for the game. That was that was analogies for some reason. (laughs) 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 You're on the road today. Two two for two right now. Two (laughs) for
1: two. But yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed that game, so that was fun. Um yesterday, Sunday, we had three games Costa Rica versus Serbia. Um not not too much talk about this. I think Serbia pretty straightforward pretty straightforward win. Uh Again, I think uh, another talking point, Kehler Navas was. Um,
0: He's Navas. He, Navas
1: was Navas. He's obviously you know a very talented, probably world class goalkeeper. I consider him so. And
0: in the same vein, you could say Kolarov was just Kolarov. Co- oh point. yeah, <laughs> that Kolarov free kick was you know we that, talked about that. That was a, this this man is nasty with those free kicks. His man. left foot is an absolute rocket. He's probably it, probably get an award uh, or just like frame I, it somewhere. I,
1: I, I would I would I would grab a cast <laughs> of his leg, plate it in gold, and then hang it up. On my ceiling Or like Or make one of those Leg posts Like (laughs) leg (laughs) lampposts I would do that With Coloros' leg Because it's just It's fantastic It It was a great goal uh, Yeah for sure Uh, Easily In contention For one of the
0: goals Of the tournament Because it was Pretty far out That's what, that's what I'm saying man I don't <laughs> it's amazing cuz he does it year after year yeah, he, season after he, season. you he, know it's not it's not, not a fluke it's not surprising you know he's yeah. good at this but that, that that from that sort of distance you don't really expect the sort of power that he puts Puts you know yeah. puts on the ball and I think that was that was what that kind of caught killer Navas off guard but I don't yeah. think there was anything. He could yeah do about I don't it. Uh, guess I th- I don't think Costa Rica is gonna surprise
1: anyone this time around because I know last uh, World Cup they reached the quarterfinals this time I don't see them surprising anyone because they are an older team they they're one of the oldest teams it's uh, um maybe maybe that's the thing like that element of surprise from the last time isn't gonna carry over and they know how they play. Other teams know how Costa
0: Rica plays, so that might be the to their detriment. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah I, I I could see that happening. Uh but they, they 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 had it was a decent game. They had most of the possession but yeah, like I said, at the end of the day, in this type of, this type of games, what counts is the goal. What counts is right. the three points. Mm-hmm. And, and Serbia, they, they, had, Serbia oh, they got. got the three points. So, okay. so that, was a, that was that was was good for Serbia, not so much for Costa Rica. Right. And that takes us to me, Germany versus Mexico. <laughs>
1: what was that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry about that.
0: World champions <laughs> versus Mexico. Okay. Okay. Um, so, I, I, yeah. I'll just let you take the mic. All
1: right. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. I'll say this. Uh, Mexico played outstanding. They were a fantastic side. They really, really stepped up to Germany. I think um, probably uh, the coach said afterward that this ever since they drew Germany in the World Cup draw, um, their preparation for this game started, and a lot of people were, like, too – Focused in on the team's not playing well, yada, 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 all that stuff. And I'll admit, I was part of that too. I was unconvinced by how this Mexico team had been playing in the games leading up to the World Cup. They weren't cohesive enough and there was a lot of doubt. But when the game started and Mexico was fired up and they just played, they played to where uh not brazil germany had to react to mexico's style of play and not the other way around and i think that was was that was the most influential thing about it because if germany had gone into a rhythm if tony cruz and sami kadira and mesut Oza started passing around and mesut Oza starts flinging balls um and like making those 40 yard like diagonal balls and you know toward timo werner toward uh, thomas muller it could have been a totally different story, but Mexico's midfield did not let them. Andres Guardado and especially Héctor Herrera, the Porto captain, and, um, you know, the fulcrum of Mexico's midfield, Herrera was just outstanding. Uh, Guardado also, too, was, you know, did what he had to do. But Mexico's midfield really, really stepped up to when they needed to. Um Again, there was a lot of doubt about this coach. There's a lot of people who don't like this coach. I am. I, I have questions about this you coach. questioned
0: him. I remember in the last episode, especially
1: yeah. in terms of his formation changes yeah, and switching and, up everything. And I'll talk about his formation changes in just a second. But I think Mexico and Juan, Juan Carlos Osorio got everything right. They they take down all the boxes they need to take down, neutralize um, not Germany's attack but their midfield because it's what it's their midfield that makes that Germany team tick. Also. Um, because germany had to react instead of act and play out their own game that kind of was a detriment to them because many times germany's fullbacks uh they were caught out of position and mexico defended well um because if you look at that t- that team how many actual players do you recognize like i'm um, you know hector moreno is not really probably the most uh Notable, Strong, yeah, notable player there. Yeah. Maybe even Miguel Layún, but he was playing now, in I'd, the we, ring. I, I, on, I'm, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm familiar with 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 the front three. Yeah, I, with the, like, uh, the, the, the front defense, five though, if you, if you're is
1: you know not exactly the strongest or most notable. Yeah, but uh to he in the left back position against Denmark, he was very sloppy, very unconvincing. Against Germany, he was not not spectacular, but he was solid when he needed to be. Uh, so he stepped up big time. Uguayala, I've always he with a solid defense, def- defender, not the most household name, but he stepped up big time. Uh, on the right side, Carlos Salcedo, who plays um, in the Bundesliga, um, he's actually a natural center back, but his, uh, his ability to play on the right definitely added another dimension in the defensive aspect for mexico and mexico defended well they counterattacked beautifully chicharito uh ran his heart out uh chucky lozano irving lozano who plays for psv um his price tag just went way up i mean scoring a goal against germany and in a game like that you know and he's already he's already a young hot prospect he just got even hotter so big team was looking out for him i got the Cop out another 10 million euros or, or at least or something like that yeah
0: I think for, for Mexico already really worked it's, it's like it's the phenomenon it's like the same thing that worked with, for Portugal it's the momentum you start yeah. the, you start it's, off the it's, game it's that momentum you start it's off the that, game as with, with a blazing pace that just sets up the tone for the rest of the game, and mm-hmm. I think that's the same. That's, that's what Germany didn't see coming because Germany is cool, calm, collected. The current world champions. They're efficient, is, you they, know.
1: They're efficient. They know what to do. They exactly. have a plan. They they do it. But they're Mexico just, just disrupted everything that,
0: with the movement, with the players, with the pace, especially. And I think what really worked for Mexico is you had Vela playing as an advanced number 10 number 10 like in between a uh, supporting striker and in between like an, an in attacking in between midfield. the wingers yeah. yeah so he was just every, like almost every ball was going through him so once yeah. they slice through the midfield Bella has the ball yeah. and he now has these attacking it, channels left right because most of the time most times the German, the German fullbacks are, are forward so they have to track back so like if you've watched the game you find that Mexico like they really they had a lot of counter attacks and that's what I was also thinking about because they missed they did, they, did a they did miss quite a Not few. Not quite chances. a few. They missed loads of chances. Yeah, they did miss loads of chances. And I this think...
1: game could have been 2 or three, nothing yeah. for Mexico. Um, but in the end, a win for Mexico, a win for Mexico, it's a historic win. It's the first time Mexico wins against Germany in the World Cup. Uh, it's the first time I think they ever beat the number one ranked team in the World Cup. So uh, it's a big win for Mexico. It's a very shocking win loss for Germany and it really opens up the door for group
0: for the, for group G and uh, i think i think Mexico group F, group at this F. point in time probably could top the group they've won, it, it is it that, is a very much a arguably, not arguably they've won the best team in the they group they beat the best team in the group so for they, sure they have so they setup. have yeah
1: they have the possibilities to win the group but they still have to break down a very solid sweden side like that's not spectacular again but solid and they know how to defend and make sure they don't mess up against uh south korea yeah. because uh, South Korea can be a threat that can be unbalancing. So if Mexico wants to stop the group, they're going to have to play the way they played uh, against Germany and not react to Sweden's style of play to Korea's style of play. Because when they ha- make the other team, you know, react to their team to, to their style of play they become a bouncing, their attack becomes pivotal, that becomes uh threatening, dangerous, and these are the results.
0: Yeah, I think this has just changed the whole dynamic of the group. Mm-hmm. So like remember we talked about it and I was really sure who was gonna go second. But I think right now with the with the win, Mexico is in poor position to
1: they they top are in the poor group. position,
0: you know. Uh, so and that makes a question about Germany now. For me Germany they were not they really they didn't really click you know, like a German team is efficient, like you said. It's just all about the passing. It's just about the time. They break everything down with time. They go through midfield. They could go through the, the flanks. But I think as once I started saying... Tony Cruz attempting to shoot several times from outside of the box. It kind of just showed me that the team wasn't really ready. Because I'm not no. saying I'm not, don't. This is not a discredit to Tony Cruz. Obviously, he's a fantastic footballer. He could shoot the ball, but that's not the real German style of play. They break everything down from like they, it's like calculated. And when he's taking shots from outside of the box, it kind of shows that a little bit of desperation. yeah, yeah. It doesn't really show the German efficiency yeah, that we are. Yeah, yeah, we're used to. So I think that kind of just showed that everything wasn't really going going as well as planned. And in that kind of game. That is where you need a Leroy Sané. <clears throat> so I'm just saying, like, <laughs> uh, you just have to, to. bring that up, <laughs> didn't you? I'm just saying. So uh-huh. I mean, it just, it just. They have to now win the. They have to win the I next two games yeah, to, the to, to progress. Yeah, is probably gonna
1: make some major changes to that team because they just looked out of focus, out of just not. They, they they were lackluster for so for most parts uh, for of most of the parts of
0: it so I, mean, I think that Kimmich was fantastic as per usual but like they didn't really uh,
1: I don't I don't know about that uh, Kimich I mean, okay. was cut out Kimich was cut
0: out I won't say fantastic that's that's a stretch but I would say he was he did what he was supposed to do but uh, I, by going up yeah.
1: But not doing what he's supposed to do the, by going not going not
0: going back he he, he didn't he, defend he, he didn't he really left, have much cover he left
1: he left his center backs exposed. Him and uh, who was it? Uh, Pl- Platten, Plattenhardt, Plattenberg. Uh, what what is it? Plattenhart. Yeah, um, I'm, I don't know German names. But <laughs> it's.
0: I don't think it's just them. I think it was the tactics of the coach. Like this is the first time I probably say Holhem uh, Love has just not had it done tactically. He wasn't, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't. It he wasn't, wasn't at all. Everything was just off. So, I mean, yes, then yeah. again, like, yeah, to say Kimmich was good is, is, maybe it's a stretch, but like the whole team really didn't play well. Yeah, it was a whole team effort. They just were yeah, not, yeah. they were so lackluster. Anyway, um, and that takes us to the final game Brazil versus Switzerland. Um, how many times did Neymar get fouled? I think it was 10. I think it was
1: 10 <laughs> fouls on Neymar. That is which, almost the record. Uh, that's it, just it. it that, may be, I don't know. It's uh, what they say.
0: Apparently, it's one short of the record of, uh, of, of fouls. M- maybe, maybe not.
1: It's, uh, but I think Switzerland did a good job neutralizing. Oh, fouling, uh, or fouling! Oh, fouling Neymar! <laughs> like, um, like, hey, sh-
0: but it was amazing, man. They were kicking him left, right, and center. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, like you said, yeah, Back to the point, yeah. You said they they did. A, yeah, a good Switzerland
1: job. did a decent job of neutralizing the, uh, their attack. That Coutinho goal was something special.
0: That's 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 you know in the contention for the best goal of you, the oh, tournament. How many times are you gonna say it? everything is in contention for the <laughs> best
1: goal? Uh, that one really
0: is. It really is. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's fantastic. At this point, when I see those goals, I don't even flinch because I know it's. Coutinho, that's such man. a Coutinho goal! It's like the same thing with Kolarov. It's like we are so used to it now. I'm we're all, so used to Kolarov scoring that we're so used to Coutinho scoring. I'm Probably these. numb to it now. If I see the guy, I'm like, oh, that's, oh, that's like, Coutinho. Like, yeah. Oh, like you know, yeah, yeah just a, like a small <laughs> like, clap. Yeah,
1: give, give, him a, give Coutinho a clap. Yeah, that's just it's not time. really spectacular. But, to you know, me, it no. is
0: spectacular
1: in a sense. But um, going back, I remember there was a lot of talk that last World Cup and this World Cup. I'm going to keep making these comparisons, but the last World Cup, Brazil was not quite. It was, they were way too dependent on Neymar, they was like he was that like the pivotal person, and we saw that without Neymar, they were just collapsed. Um, this time round, Brazil are a lot more balanced. They have a lot more structure in the back and the midfield up top. Um, but I think Switzerland knew that since they were more balanced, they weren't as dynamic up top. If they neutralized them in the right way, they would neutralize Brazil in itself. And that's what they did. That's that's exactly what they did. Brazil um, can be a spectacular team. I think they have a possibility of reaching probably the semifinals again. Maybe even the final. We'll see. Uh, but Switzerland did really, really well
0: too, and this kind of answers the, our question because we, we we spoke about them, you know, being given their FIFA ranking, I think is sixth, right? So it's like maybe this is maybe this is why maybe they yeah they, maybe they this is it. why. But like we were saying, it, it is ridiculous that they are sixth in the world. But I'm saying they they kind of answered the critics. People like us were they? Could, yeah, that's we were unsure we of their of their position and and how they're going to play, but they did well. And now this opens up the question of, of who advances in this group because now it's, Serbia it's, Serbia has it has three points, Switzerland has one point, Brazil has, has one, one point. point, Costa Rica has none, um, and, and I think it any of those three any of those three, three teams with the points right now could could advance. Yeah, you know? Costa Rica
1: could if they you know turn things around. I don't see it happening, but no. it, it, this
0: this group just blew wide open. Yes, yeah, it's, it's wide open right now um, like literally all, almost everything is wide open at this stage in mm-hmm. time. Like we we didn't really expect. Right, this kind of outcome, and just imagine a world cup without Brazil in the, past the group stage. I oof. mean, that is a stretch. when was the last time that didn't happen? I don't, Th- I don't, that's has, been has, forever. has it ever happened? It has happened before, I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm probably, it's not probably, it's probably not gonna happen, it, but I'm it just, probably isn't gonna happen. But I'm just gonna say this though, given that Switzerland and Brazil have ended as a draw, I think this group is just. Is poised for any team that takes their chances. And now it's not about the flair. It's not about the better attack. It's just about three points. So it doesn't matter how any team gets the three points. It's, it's all that matters is that you get the three points in the next game. And I think whoever wins the next game is probably going to be the one that advances in the group. Like, I'm not, that, that goes for Switzerland, uh, Serbia, and Brazil. Like, Just one of them has to win the next game to secure Wanna the know? progression, in my, in my Wanna opinion. Want to know? The last time Brazil failed to make it out of the group stage was in 1966 <laughs> 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 50
1: that, plus years
0: that's That's a long time Where's so the, i don't think this group is ready to be that to break that record yet right. so it's gonna be really interesting to say the least okay and i think that really sums up everything in terms of the world cup so far this is monday so we still obviously have uh, a couple games tomorrow before we move on to day two Uh, but so far i don't think any african team has won like what do you think about all the african teams Do you think anyone might even progress past the group stage
1: um let's see i think egypt has a chance if they you know if mo salah is fit if mo salah does what he has to do um morocco obviously disappointed a big time uh Nigeria, Nigeria hard, disappointed. Horrible, yeah. uh, well, we
0: still have, we still get to watch Senegal. Senegal, Senegal you know, you know I'm gonna change my nationality. I'm Senegalese. <laughs> I am Senegalese. Sadio Mane, let's go, man! You're, gonna get, a, you're Mane. gonna get
1: a lot of heat from this back at home, bro. <laughs> hey, but honestly, I, I
0: do think Senegal, Senegal has a chance. Now.
1: They do, they do. But man, that's that's a that's a rash statement to say. That's a hot take
0: for sure. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. And and before we do close, uh, what do you think about the World Cup bid 2026? So officially now, the United States of America, Mexico, and Canada are poised to host the World Cup in 2026. I'm happy they beat out Morocco.
1: It was uh, um, I, there was a lot of talk saying that people thought it was going to be a close vote. It really wasn't. the U- The USA, the United bid, was what they called it. Got like a hundred thirty something votes, while Morocco only got like sixty something. So it really wasn't even close, uh, you know. So it was like sixty, like sixty six. I would say this it would uh, have been nice to see you know, a
0: Morocco, another African country, host the World Cup. I, I would too. I, I, I'm saying that I would given, like to see given the the the. the the progress South Africa made. I, yeah. I, I think South Africa held a really good tournament. Oh, I love that tournament. It was the a great South tournament. Africa was a the vuvuzelas the Jabulani, like everything about the tournament was just was just great. There was Malphan. actually a game this tournament that the vuvuzelas made a comeback. I think it was I don't know
1: which game it was, but there was like vuvuzelas going all around. It might have been Morocco, Iran or something. Um but there was a game that people were like where it was a lot of vuvuzelas all around, and you could hear it. And it had a South African type of vibe, where the whole stadium just sounds like a beehive, like bzzz, all around, like bzz, 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 you know. But um, I actually have a at home. I'm gonna bring it up here next time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, give them a sneak peek for those who don't know.
0: Um, for what? Like the, the, the people don't. Some people don't know the sound of the vuvuzela. Really? So you, 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 I mean, you never know. Uh.
1: I'm not gonna do anything. Just look up what this a sounds like. Um there are probably hundreds of videos out on YouTube out on whatever that, that shows like
0: a stadium is full of Vuvuzelas. Um there's there's bound to be out there for sure. So yeah, like I said, so that means definitely in twenty twenty six, about what, eight years from now? Eight years from now, uh, the World Cup is As coming to America U- to America. Ten games and Mexico. Ten
1: games will be in Mexico, ten in Canada and sixty will be in the US. So pretty much the USA only used Canada and Mexico to get support from Canada and Mexico's allies. <laughs> it it really was that because if Mech- if USA had hold, had hosted the World Cup alone, there is a real there was a real chance that I don't think. Again, with the whole like you know this whole Trump administration, there was a chance that they wouldn't have gotten it. Yeah, I mean, it was a much more real possibility. Then again, so also that's, that's why a lot of politics were
0: involved. Though, like a lot of African countries, African countries didn't vote for Morocco. You know, yeah, Benin, Guinea, Liberia, Mozambique, Namibia, Sierra Leone, Zimbabwe. Even South Africa didn't vote for Morocco. So I think. There was a lot of there was it, it is a lot of behind the, the scenes you know, politics going on. There's a
1: lot of politics uh, I mean, sadly involved in all this, but then again, that's it's, just it's, the nature of the sport it's, nowadays.
0: It's good news for those of us that are based in in the Americas, so yeah. we get to see it live and there Oh, I would
1: love to. I'm gonna be what 28 by the time I I'm oh, gonna I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a journalist. i uh, he's I'm gonna, gonna be. Easy. I'm gonna be.
0: He's gonna be a full fledged. I'm gonna be a
1: journalist. Guys. I'm gonna be the next Grant Wall. Grant Wall, if you're listening shout out to you uh <laughs> tom marshall john arnold whoever like just i'm going to be there i'm going to do you He's know you're going to be doing journalistic to, things yeah and you're going
0: to be on bbc with Gary Nichols. Now i'm going to probably own my own show you know oh okay yeah nice, i'm, an, nice, a, I'm nice. an entrepreneur you feel me yeah so, so that's what's <laughs> going to be happening in eight years from now um, brian Strauss, too yeah brian Strauss
1: is a good uh sh- quick shout out to the sports illustrated planet
0: football podcast Check it, check it out. It's a really good list. Are we going to be plugging pl- podcasts in my own show? They should plug us in. You know,
1: I know. I, I'm going to just. <laughs> tag, they, they need, they tag need to cash up. Like they need to pay money yeah, for this. You uh, know,
0: we can't give them free publicity. <laughs> anyway, um, it's been a great show. It's been a great show. It's the Bohemian Football Podcast. It is the
1: Bohemian Football Podcast.
0: Are you going to repeat everything I say? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Camon Kebas. So, uh, if you want to follow me at Twitter, my name is is my Twitter handle is at O-B-A-S-E-O-T-T-A. And that's the same thing for Instagram, in case you want to follow me on Instagram.
1: Same thing for me on Twitter, Julio Vega, J-U-L-I-O-V-E-G-A, sport. Same thing for Instagram. This has been the Bohemian Football Podcast. I'm Julio.
0: I'm K. And it's been a
1: pleasure.